And your name is? Damon Isaiah Turner. Okay, word up. Peace, I'm Justice. All right, so we'll just go. All right. Peace. This is the Ask Your Old Head podcast with Justice Rod G. I am joined by my guest, Damon Isaiah Turner. Peace, Damon. Peace, Justice. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. So this is a return appearance for Damon. And I actually asked you on today so we could talk about politics, of all things. Um, Because you're someone that I know is, I'd like to say some people are involved in politics. Some people are engaged in politics. And some people do a lot of talking about politics. Um, And you strike me as more of the first two and then the talking just because you know you have stuff to say but you know that's not necessarily you're more about the involvement and the engagement and I thought um with our current times and the approaching uh, next year um that it would be a good time to have a conversation about these things so um maybe just to, to, to ease in um what would you, how would you define being politically or engaged in politics? Like, what would be something that you would, how would you define that for people? I think that we are living, we've always lived in, it's always, I, I think, been important for people to be aware of what's going on around them at the local level, uh, the state level, and the federal level. Um, I always think about how there were impacts on my parents' generation who were baby boomers and things that they were aware of may not necessarily, they might not necessarily have been really active, um, current or news people. Um, I, but there was so much going on that impacted their daily lives around uh, the latter latter tail end of the civil rights movement that mm-hmm. they were just aware of what was going on. They were aware of so many of the actors, whether it was civil rights leaders or community leaders or federal actors, whether it was Lyndon Johnson or, or whomever else at the federal level. They were just aware of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And so even now sometimes um, uh, my mom will reference certain things from from that era, or my dad will when I'm with them. But I think that, so I just say that to say, I think every era it was important, but I particularly think it's really important now, regardless of your professional background, or whether you're a longshoreman or a rail work, a rail worker, or you go to an office every day. If you're a consultant, we're sitting in a consultant's office right now as we do this, uh, as we have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you work for federal government, nonprofit, private industry, it is just really important to be aware at a basic level of how other people make decisions that impact you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who are unaware of how things impact you, impact your taxes, impact um, issues around housing that happen around you, issues around rural development, urban development. Um, whether you come from a rural community where ranching is uh, or farming is extremely important, it just uh, whether it's transit issues. And on a national level, a lot of people are tangent aware 
of some of the issues around our current president over the last few years. But I think paying a lot of attention is important. You don't even have to be engaged on a uh, organizational level, but just being aware. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's read, and, and I would just really advocate for anyone, read a bit of local news and have one be uh, the primary institutional paper in your in, in your area, one of an al- alternative independent um, source. Uh, do the same for state and for federal. Choose from a wide variety of places and not just television media, not just the top three, not just CNN or Fox or MSNBC. And and for um, look at dig in the weeds on 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 uh, from the Washington Post or New York Times or some other other credible news source. Mm-hmm. Well, I was somewhere the other day where some we were talking about a lot of people get their news off of Facebook, and there's a lot of news on Facebook that's not credible. It doesn't come from credible sources. If you're in international news, BBC is great. There's a lot of other sources, but just choose at, at at the very least one source and if you're a person from and even if you're not from a particular social group identity or community or community of color re-identify at least one source that you can glean information from because a lot of independent media and a lot of news happens in a lot of places so it's the connection from politics to me is, is really connect is re- about being connected to current events mm-hmm in a historical framework yeah. um, and, and how it affects things economically and, and politically. So that's where, that's a basis. That's a place to start. The you don't, start. Ha- you, and, and, and that's even before the conversation around how you get involved. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that's All just right. a basic yeah. start. I'm saying everyone should be at that place. Okay. Yeah. And that's something I think, um, cause I find when I'm, either talking to people about, you know, politics, it, it either goes fast to the, like, voting or not voting and this or not that. And and I'm always concerned with, I, I end up sometimes playing the, like, somebody, did you see what happened? And they're like, you know, and they're really uptight, right? And so then I go, then I turn into question man, you know, which, it, it, and I do it from at least with people I have a relationship with from the perspective of, I want to make sure if your blood pressure is going up, that you're actually your blood pressure is going up for a good reason, mm-hmm. and not just because like of the shock value of something that you heard. Like, well, you know, what other things did you hear? Where did you read it at? Who was saying it? Oh, for real? What thing did they say? In what state? In this state? You know, to kind of figure out if whatever piece of information that you received that you know got you going is actually from a credible source or makes sense if you start talking about what it is. You know, they're like, they said they're going to take all the cows away. And you're like, <laughs> all the cows? Like, wait a minute, hold on. Who, who's taking the cows? Where are they but going? But that's the happening. Cows? Yeah. but that That it, is really happening, whether yeah. it's an urban community, urban community, or rural community. That, it could happen that easily. Somebody could start some some kind of rumor and, and it can go on a, you know, so I, you just have its a life of its own. Yeah. But to, that's at the core of it to me. Credibility. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an organization I'm involved with called Healthy Democracy. That's based out of Oregon. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but mm. where um, they do these um, one of their programming is uh, is around uh, 
uh, citizen initiative reviews or CIRs where they bring together from um, different communities and they do it statewide um, in different states that have ballot initiatives and they've even done some internationally. Uh, so for state ballot initiatives is usually a particular issue, a very limited issue. And what they do is they bring together about 20 voters in a four-day process and a democratic process and bring in outside experts and people that are on the pro and con side of the issue. And then people in the room also have the ability to bring in information and then they provide a, a statement that eventually that goes in the voters pamphlet that includes both the pro and the con and objective information. But every piece of information on that one pager that goes out to all of the voters has to be verifiable. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean about the kind of example you gave about the cows. If it's not verifiable and credible, then stay out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or go on with that. Yes, that's sir. that's my um value system. Yeah. And I think um like that in that being a beginning point of just having that awareness of like what's going on and and then and then would you say that the bridge is from from a I'm aware of some of the issues, um, maybe the ones that maybe stand up for me either due to what I do for a living or due to my social situation or whatever, then maybe those become your your entrance into involvement, I would mm-hmm. think. Right. Like, you know, like if you're yeah concerned about schools you might and, and you so then yeah. you might have you might that entree because you you're caring it. about right okay. how things impact your young people. Yeah. Your your um your kids as well as the other young people in your community. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it might be transportation if you ride a bike a lot. Yeah. It might be criminal justice or public safety because that tends to impact most people until or or even even the people who don't think it impacts them until it impacts them. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> it didn't matter until it mattered a yeah, whole lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it depends on the issue, housing, you know. But yeah, yeah. And I think wherever that entryway is for you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, we could either jump into the pool on, on the big issue that's happening right now, or we can, I can, I'll, I'll roll it out soft and you can swing as hard at it as you want. What do you think is just something that's happening at the moment that people really need to, to dig into the weeds a little bit on it in terms of a, either political issue, either locally, nationally, you know, maybe not necessarily just something that's happening. That's like, people need to go read the details. Well, the most obvious one is, the, is, <laughs> As we record this, we're in the midst of uh, the possibility of an impeachment inquiry uh, of the president uh, by the House of Representatives. Uh, It hasn't, paperwork hasn't been filed yet from my understanding uh, as of today, but, you know, that's the kind of the most topical issue. But I think before we delve into that or anything Mm -hmm. else, one of the things that's just really unfortunate about this is that there are so many issues we are not dealing with because Mm -hmm. we have been so consumed by the drama Mm -hmm. and politics of the last three years. Some would even say eight years before that and eight years before that and eight years before that. So I'm going back to ni- at least the very least 92 uh, when Clinton, Bill Clinton was elected. But 
there's so many issues we're not addressing right now as a result. Um, the fact that foreign governments were involved technologically in our voting systems and um, how there was messaging and maybe even at the at the state level with with in regards to voting um, is something that doesn't just go away because we're more caught up in the politics of uh, what wasn't accurate or people, some people think what was not accurate or came to any conclusions in the Mueller report or the issues with Ukraine and that kind of a thing. Every, every time this kind of stuff happens, what ends up, uh, what's really unfortunate is that while we should be paying attention to it, and I'm not in any way saying we shouldn't, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is our potential and capacity as a nation, as a society to solve some of our problems aren't getting done. Mm-hmm. We're not passing any kind of legislation or we're, we're not showing our, or we're not even showing up our technological defenses against these kind of, um, uh, it's really terrorism with this mm-hmm. kind of terrorism or, or we're not solving the big problems around, uh, climate change, around economic stability, around housing on mass. And so what ends up happening, we're not doing it on large scale. And so what ends up happening is that more of the onus is on local communities, mm-hmm. states, cities, to address local issues, which they already should have are already be doing historically. Um, so that itself is a good thing. But there's not a larger, larger message around, you know, how are we connecting with each other in different communities around these issues to mm-hmm. work together? Yeah. You know, it's over here. California's doing their thing here. Uh, Oregon's doing their thing here. North Carolina is doing their thing down here. But it's not, there's not this larger impetus around what we should be doing as a nation. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the big loss for us. And it's a lot of air that's been being taken out of the room by focusing on uh, so much so on these events that it consumes everything and mm. we're not getting anything done. Yeah. So I have a, I mean, if we could even as an exercise, this stuff that is a serious concern for the future of our communities um, that I don't, I can't recall if in the twenty. I turned 18 and what year is this? This is 2019. I turned 18 and roughly, uh, you know, what's that? 2000. Oh, not 2000. <laughs> Long time ago, like 1996-ish, somewhere around in there. Um, no, I turned 20, so 1994. Um, so in the years since I've been able to vote and have voted in things and put some, like, voted for congressmen and other things. I That was a contract with America. Oh yeah, I remember that the contract or on America. I forget on, which yeah. one it was. Well, it was the contract with America, <laughs> America. but in some ways it felt like the <laughs> yeah. latter. Uh, yeah, it was new, um, new game I, yeah. I, I can't say that there's been a comprehensive commitment to repairing our infrastructure. Exactly, um, which is a bi- bi- bipartisan <laughs> that doesn't care about anybody's political <laughs> positions. Exactly, the roads, the bridges, the I mean, it's always. It's similar. It's 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 almost a weird feeling I get every time anyone brings up Flint, because they will talk about Flint like 
it's this person or that person or these people haven't fixed this or that. But it's like Flint's not fixed because no one wants to fix anyone's infrastructure. Right. Newark just had a whole thing this summer. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh has had multiple things at the same time stuff was going on with Flint. Cities all over and not just little cities, big cities, little cities, little towns all over the country have infrastructure problems Mm -hmm. that are it's enough of a vital need that the federal government should have a play or a role in it. And historically, though, uh, at least, you know, not not uh, what. Well, for example, with the building of highways, historically, car companies had a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. So. There has always been this relationship between the public and the private sector on some, some mm-hmm. on some of these issues. Um, I think we got a little uh, more um, uh, uh, proactive in terms of the value values around the intersection of uh, multi parties coming together on the private enterprise. Uh, nonprofit sector and government sector on solving local issues uh, around the late 90s and early 2000s uh, with a lot of the uh, private public enterprise and partnerships and and but we're not hearing about that as much mm-hmm. so a lot of these things are are framed in the context of well do we even have the money to do that kind of thing federal infrastructure blah 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 because people are thinking about it in the con- like Franklin Roosevelt days or something like mm-hmm. that. But the really the reality is, like you said, federal government should be a partner, yeah. but not the sole yeah. entity. And that's where we are going wrong because we're not have a lot of leadership that is able to get, engage all of those sectors to kind of marshal our um, proactive, forward leaning stance on on these issues. I mean, some mayors are. But you know you need you need kind of a national presence or at least a large credit sense of credibility in your region in your city to be able to do that in your state and and and, and not everyone has that yeah. but we need that that's an that's a central element of leadership right now who can who can talk to the private sector and the government sector. And large scale foundations who are who may be willing to even partner. Okay, we'll chip in some (laughs) to help on this bridge. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And stuff that is, um, it's 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 going to impact where what the shape of your space looks like. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it doesn't mean that ability. The um, it is not the only thing. But it is a big thing, and it's a thing that it would seem like even if we don't agree about a vast number of other issues that might be a little bit more, you know, tuned to your political, your, your political, your particular political position. That seems like something that should be kind of like, oh man, put that up on the map. We knock that right out. Like, yeah, we need sewers that work. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we need we need a we need a at least a means that if you're if hundreds of thousands of people can't get access to clean water that we could go, Hey, we gotta, we gotta come together to make this work right now. We know that there's other factors that make it okay for a state like Michigan to decide. Yeah. It's cool. If Flint's water gets a little, and not just Michigan, any state decides certain places issues are not as important as other places issues. We understand that there's many other layers um, to those issues, but it's, 
Um, I mean, in terms of immigration reform, it's not. I mean, it's there's been no that's going on since the Reagan administration. That and they actually and they had got some stuff done then, right? Stuff that they would be anathema today mm-hmm. for s- at least some members of Reagan's party. That's why I always find it funny when people who are like strong supporters of. Um, and, you know, I lived in D.C. as a kid when Reagan was a um, president, I'm showing my age. But um, some of the things that he did, he and Tip O'Neill, then Speaker Tip O'Neill from Massachusetts came together on some stuff because they had a weekly cigar drink, whiskey drinking time, you know, every, you know, every so often they would come together and be able to just hammer out some stuff or chop it up on a social basis to connect like a lot of that stuff wouldn't even fly now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as much as some, as he's the standard bearer, a lot of stuff he actually was willing to compromise on would, would not even, wouldn't even be willing to, to, to fly now because people have take, staked out such extreme positions to speak to a constituency that, honestly, I'm not sure is the majority. <laughs> Right. I mean, they're active. Yeah, active, but I'm not allowed, sure it's but the majority. Not the majority. So, um, I mean, what are we getting past right now? I don't, I don't know. Except, that, except, that, except we raise the budget limit every year. Yeah, we raise the budget limit every couple months, and um, what's another one? That, transportation, which is sort of tied to infrastructure, but uh, and I guess this is on my mind just because of. There's so many other, I mean, you mentioned the auto industry's role in sort of certain parts of our infrastructure. I mean, and even the priority on cars over other modes of transit, you know, it was definitely reflective of an industry that had sway and, and spoke to other issues of the time, you know, of of the 40s and 50s after the war. Um, but in this age where a lot of people younger than us don't own cars don't they're not in a rush to own cars, you know, unless they, they need one by utility, right? But they are still utilizing cars yeah. through Uber and Lyft, right? They're still utilizing because <laughs> all of these folks yeah. aren't just on the train or bus or bike. <laughs> That's yeah. the interesting part of it, the dynamic on it. They may not be, may not even ever have an interest in owning a car, but may, but Uber and Lyft may be their friend. Yeah, they may be their mean. Um, what else? Um, I mean, trade policy is a whole other thing. But uh, and there's so much potential there on who we could even expand to who we're trading with, yeah. in our industries, and 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 we're always uh, we if we if we truly believe in the potential for democracy, actual democracy, mm-hmm. participatory democracy. We could be supporting other countries under served underutilized countries in supporting their their exports in ways that you know uh i mean there's a very important focus on China, but we could be supporting a lot of other places as well right now that we don't. This is the kind of thinking that I don't think that we're really doing as leaders. Um, to open up because that's really where it's at trade the uh, 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 a com- uh, country's ability to export what 
their talent, what they make, and you know, and to benefit from it right. internally. Yeah. You know, I think about it um, because it becomes an issue. I mean, even again around like sort of what people are engaged in, and when when I would speak about politics with folks, that they they may not see how even their chosen profession has you know political ramifications as to why that or they you know their area of work because it may not even be right. what they want to do or what they're skilled at or what they've trained in, but something that they've had to do because of opportunity and access and other issues. Right? either from the perspective of, you know, you know folks who maybe are from overseas and got their engineers where they came from, and they would be an engineer here if we'd let them, but because of their, you know, their certification doesn't transfer, this, da, 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 they're doing this other thing. But then we have folks, you know, folks from here, grew up here like me or you, um, whichever part of the country that was. Um, you know, I hear all the time, oh, I went to college for this, but I'm doing this other thing over here, right? But there's political context to why maybe, you know, the thing that you went to college to study or to do is not what you ended up where you found yourself working. Um, is there something you could say around the way uh, our current sort of climate impacts sort of like, you know, work and opportunities, especially for, for black people um, that, you know, either that that's been on your mind or you've wrestled with in some of your own work or experiences. That's a vast yeah, I know. question. I do that one right um I gotta process that more. Um how about how about uh can you react can you ask it again? Yeah. Um is there something from your, you know, experience that you could say that speaks to just how um how opportunity you know, for, for, for employment or work sort of for black people sometimes is affected by politics, you know, or the political climate of an era. Um, I think like for me, um, a, a simple historical answer or thought would be, um, and this maybe tie into what we were just talking about before we got the taping, um, mm-hmm. the work that, black people could do here in the Pacific Northwest when they first most really started to come here in larger numbers. Um, you know, the limitations on their ability to be productive were not, um, were not based on their actual innate character or, or capacity. It was actually based on what the, the, the local government, whose rights they would protect. Meaning if you were skilled and other things, but like, yeah, we only really want to see you as a porter, mm-hmm. uh, manual labor, domestic worker. Right. So then if I try to show up someplace else and people deny me, uh, you know, my my civil rights to 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 fairly be employed in that work, there will be no government. There will be no protective remedies for me. So therefore, I got to feed myself. I got to feed my family. I got to. So I'm going to take a job doing other things um, is one example I think about. Um, And in some communities, um, there's the underground economy has even historically supported. Uh, as a secondary form of income, that job. Right, right. So you um, subsidize that with, yeah. you know, running numbers or, yeah. you know, any yeah. other, any various other yeah. <laughs> great economy yeah. work. Because um, I was in North Carolina in the last three weeks, and one of the the things that was striking on um, traveling, I was in, on a panel, 
and then there with um, longtime friends, and then getting some history. What was the name of the conference, and what was the panel? Oh, it was the Black Communities Conference, and the panel was the State of Our Communities, uh, um, a conversation around uh, black communities involving uh, multiple disciplines and areas, which that's not the exact name, but it's pretty close. (laughs) Um, In Durham? In Durham, North Carolina. And the... The striking thing was is that you, for whatever challenges folks, black people definitely had there, there were also, there was a level of economic stability and prosperity that some folks experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some ability to have some, really to dictate some, some terms around how you're treated because you, growing tobacco, you had, you had a leverage. You had a point of leverage, right? that you could work certain ways. Um, and so, and then like a subsequent conversation I had with my mother when I got back and she was like, yeah, cause people from North Carolina sometimes, you know, they'll, they got a different way about them. They'll kind of let you know, like I'm from North Carolina, like, you know, a little bit of like, Hey, I'm out here, you know, doing things. Um, so I started, you know, thinking about that behaviorally and, and how you want with act and being in a space where maybe you don't have that leverage like this state. So you, you got to act differently. Right, right. You know what I mean. So, like anything in there that comes to mind, and you're not, and you're not part of a, um, like I know, I don't know about the, I think the state, North Carolina might be thirty something percent African American, black. But like when when you're in a community where you are clearly a minority population of people of color, even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, your capacity in is partly impacted by that. I would never say completely, but in terms of like your uh the way that impacts you and your comfortability, your sense of connection and your sense of collective power um uh, unless it's r- intentional Mm-hmm. can really fall by the wayside. Whereas with, with some other communities where there's larger numbers, uh, it it plays out differently. Sometimes there's more competition, but sometimes it's very much easier uh, to work collectively on certain issues. But that just means that people who are in smaller or less populated communities in terms of who they identify with culturally and ethnically have a different model. That's all mm. it means. And it's a different model to prosperity. That model is in a in a place like a Des Moines. And I'm putting all these together because these are different sized cities, but uh in terms of people uh populations of people of color, Des Moines to a Seattle to a Portland, um to some other cities that maybe not always thought of mm-hmm. as having uh, a lot of People of color, and then even you know, let's take Minneapolis for example. Uh, um, forget the name of the, I forget the number of the district, but it's um, who's the Congress? Congress Omar, Congresswoman mm-hmm. Omar. Yeah. So you know who held that seat before her? It was mm-hmm. Keith, Keith Ellison? Okay. Who was the first Muslim member of Congress? That seat is the only congressional seat um, owned by a black or African-American 
or in her in her instance, Africa, congressperson that is not majority black. Hmm. That's that seat is almost compar- com- uh, comparable to the third district and um that's Earl Blumenauer's district in Oregon to around seventy something percent white white, around thirty percent people of color. Minneapolis has is a, has had a long history of uh, immigrant communities moving there and settling and becoming really active members of the society there. And so she is representative of that, or her family is representative of that. But that district is tri- intriguing, and that's a model. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so, like, to take Portland, for example, it's major- majority white, the, um, and you have thirty percent people of color in that in this particular district. Of course, not in the city, but uh, or, or 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 somewhere around you know like a variance of the, those numbers. Yeah. Um, the model is different. The alliances are different. There's there needs to be a really enforced effort around alignment around when we come together. Okay, it may not look like Wakanda. But it may look like um, La Raza meets indigenous, meets Wakanda, meets working class whites, meets some Bernie whites, meets <laughs> some <laughs> some Warren whites, mm-hmm. some Buddha judge whites, <laughs> right. some you know Beto whites, and keep it. It might and it might include, and this is not anathema to say, but it might include some. Upper income whites as well, whose sentiments lie in, in these, these issues, way. and so the so you know in terms of being anti-capitalist, I don't necessarily think is always the way to go. Um, say you're talking about social entrepreneurship, or so talking about um, uh, good business or. B cores, or, or you know that kind of thing, in the yeah. ways that you know we could change our society, even in a, even in a, um, from a capitalist lens, and doing good things. And there's a lot of people doing good things that needs to be more a part of the discussion mm-hmm. about or when you have all these alliances. And so, so in that way, in that model is the kind of model that tends to get people elected in Minneapolis. Um, and they and they can coexist, and they can have friendly debate on their. You know, the socialists can sit in the same room with the social entrepreneur. You know, mm-hmm. who's who's firmly committed to business, but good business. Yeah. So and and so that's the kind of model that will that tends to happen in a place like Portland, Minneapolis, um, and so it and it just it, it's just a, but part of our challenge, I think, our community is making sure that we aren't included in that table because in a, a in a leader in that room because some of the time we can even get siphoned out when it's a POC our particular maybe our needs on the platform could get washed out to the side or at least maybe not or at the, the very side. bottom yeah exactly you know, or at the way. very bottom or washed yeah. out completely like kind of like yeah. once we get all these other yeah. things done yeah. we're going yeah. to that thing y'all needed us right. to do but please right. keep coming to the meetings right exactly <laughs> exactly so we have to ensure that yeah. which isn't wasn't which is a very different dynamic in a than in a atlanta charlotte mm-hmm. as you know philly chicago right. it's a different dynamic you know it's usually 
<laughs> a lot of ways is pitted against each other, but but all, but there are usually enough, a, so many of us that there's camps groups and, and sometimes collectives where we're, you know, especially around certain issues, we can call convene and coalesce and around certain things. Yeah. <laughs> so let me know that this is true because it's something I think he said in there that when we when you start talking about involvement, right, in, 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 in kind of the political political activity is that it's going to get in, gets, gets into a act like engagement with the people who are present um, that the, the complexion or the shape of what the the entity that is the best vehicle for your desires may not look or be one way, right? That it be that it has to it has to be it has to respond to the conditions of your space. Is that a well, you think that's a, is that an accurate kind of uh, mm-hmm. capture of that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the model there's not a one size fit all model, right? So like yeah. what what would be the way to get you know something across in uh, South Central? may not be the same political strategy that uh, a, a community could take. I mean, definitely not Portland, but even in, say... Which is becoming gentrified. Oh. I was just in the corner of Crenshaw in Slauson last week um, seeing um, Marathon and the mural to Nipsey. They're building a huge subway up and down Crenshaw, or uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, light yeah. rail system that's like... You know, it's. I mean, it's 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 shifting everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's. Um, I mean, there's no, 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 <laughs> no piece of land is uh is necessarily yours forever without some level of intention or action. You know, to you know, there has to be some purpose. Some some you know, like I was. I mean, I knew. Just I was listening to a podcast and reading something else about the history, a little bit about the Fillmore in San Francisco and how quickly the Fillmore transferred from a predominantly Japanese community to a black community. And it, you understand, it was like roughly in the span of two to three years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, part of that was the horrendous nature of internment and other things. But once that happened, and then it was like the Fillmore, mm-hmm. and it was no longer whatever the Fillmore was before then. But now that the Fillmore, you know, in our decade, in our time, has become this other thing. Um, Go ahead. I'll share a bit about that. I think that there's there's so much power in that, you know, whether it's you're from a... Uh, I was reading this um, article. I went to grad school at Columbia, and I was reading this article because they're talking about the oral history project for Obama that's happening there. And it's in a really intense, pro- tense, really intense, like a lot of his papers and, his, and, a lot, and it's a whole team that's working on you know, the narratives around people who are interacted with all aspects of his presidency. So it's a really in-depth research uh, experience. Um, academia and certain institutions like that who are really good at that. But, you know, this comes from, you know, the, or, the oral tradition of, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, indigenous native communities, whether it's African communities, whether it's um, other communities who've done this historically over time. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the key for a new gen- for new generation of political leadership. Mm-hmm. I've been spending some time in Wilmington, North Carolina recently. Um, and you're talking about the Fillmore. And so where, regardless of where that community is, you know, and as you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, policy and 
Portland now around people who have been displaced and their, their ability to, to return mm-hmm. to home ownership in Northeast Portland. For any of those who are listening to this broadcast, which had historically been the center of, um, of the black community in Portland, Oregon. So regardless if it's a Wilmington, Portland, um, you can really go to a lot of even sm- smaller cities and identify a place, whoever it is, they should have a strong sense of the power of the impact of that history on its city's residents mm-hmm. to be a part of their narrative in the what they want to do to impact change in that city. Mm-hmm. Like I know even in Wilmington there's still an issue around Confederate soldiers still being honored, and there's a whole history about... Um, Really, essentially, genocide. People being yeah. run out. Yeah, you know, the, the at one time it was, it was a, uh, uh, it was a, a thriving like Tulsa. It was, yeah, like a it was one of the most like, thriving places for right, black people right, in America. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and you know, and so, and, and, and like, and what are or with Latino communities? I mean, it's all this talk about invasion with 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 the young man who shot those people in El Paso and utilizing the the uh, the president's actual language in the um, manifesto that he left. Answer me this. How can you be an invader or invade a place which had previously been invaded and had been yours prior to 1848? Mm-hmm. California, Arizona, Texas. That was Mexico. <laughs> these lands were owned by indigenous and Latino Mexican communities, which had been usurped in similar ways that a lot of African land had been usurped in the South and not mm-hmm. given back post um, the Civil War. So <laughs> these are things that people understanding these histories around where you live, around the impact. Now, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do at the at the city level and the county level? Or are you going to be able to have those conversations where are you going to be that proactive leader where maybe there had been a historical sense of competition between the county and the city where you live? No, be that person. That's the person who can who will say um, through through the the oral tradition and that narrative around in, uh, in terms of your campaign around what can we do to make this better? If I'm running for city council, I want to work with, 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 with the County commission. I want us to bring, to bridge our resources on this particular, on certain issues around housing, for example, mm-hmm. direct, really direct impact um, policies around this narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a lot of, and that I think can speak to a lot of people, newer residents, people who are firmly connected to that history, whether it's in Northeast Portland or Wilmington. So, you know, I just, you know, I'm bringing that for example, or, or, you know, it, it, of course, it might play out differently in a south, south side of Chicago where there's a lot of, a lot of challenges going on right now. But I mean, but the 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 pluses are that there's so many individual and community-oriented wins that we're having right now, like the conference you went to. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff happening on the yeah. ground right now. So much. Yeah. And, I, and I just wish, I wish there was, like, a way that we had, our, the, the, what we're doing with technology, I just wish there was a way that more people 
new who may not necessarily be involved in it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I think that um <laughs> um and I think actually I know I wanna I wanna respect your time. I think you bring us to a good um spot there because I think um one of my biggest concerns and I think biggest interest is folks understanding that there's actually if you if you start digging in the weeds in most places there's people that are trying to do different things to uplift their communities to change the dynamics around their communities that we would maybe not mark as politics but actually are a part of the broader narrative of what politics is really about so it's community stuff, organizing yeah, it's 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 orienting your values um who whom you know engage in private and just like yeah if you want to build or if you if you have a factory in this neighborhood mm-hmm. and hundreds of people in this neighborhood do great work that you use that you take and you do what you do with your profits hey we want to keep you in this neighborhood in this community you also need to be a good community partner mm-hmm. you know what i mean like your your workers will live here mm-hmm. we like our work you know exactly. we like work of you exactly also though you need to respect like you know we're in this together exactly like we in those Having those conversations, mm-hmm. talking about the, um, you talk, you talking Pittsburgh and Newark now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's in, in communities that, that these are. There is a there's more than one channel to getting things done, and I think sometimes, um, sometimes it can be easy to kind of on that uh non credible news source level to read things that may lead you to believe it's all despair. It's all d- doom, and it's like no, there's actually not, a lot going there's on. Not a lot. There's people fighting on. every day, and, and and some of the fighting <laughs> and, is and trying to get me and you and the next man next to us to come to the meeting or the or at least to fill out the form or to to keep an ear out for you know and to pay attention to things that are going on. But this is the irony: we have so many mayors of color now. Yeah, I mean, and and dynamic women mayors, enlightened white male mayors. I mean. And, you know, supporting them and engaging them and knowing people and, and, and they're still doing the same issue, same kind of issues. You might have a young black mayor in Jackson, Mississippi. Young yeah, black mayor in St- there. Um, um, there's some interesting dynamics there. A young black mayor in Stockton, California. They still the police chief still reports to them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean all the the, the every do. doesn't mean that everyone on the police force hasn't had any kind of negative interaction with the residents. So they're still dealing with these issues, but you know, in a way, but but the way that they're able to deal with them, I think that's this is the kind. This is why it's important for people to be involved. Whether and I and I this is a, the one thing I always want to say to people: the way that people can be involved doesn't have to be in a way that doesn't naturally fit who they are. Right. The inner, the way you get involved, like you were saying, that person who may have been a parent and they start off on education issues because it speaks to their truth and their daily lives around their care for their kids and their youth and around their community. Get involved in a way that maybe is naturally you. Say you're a graphic artist. Maybe that's your entree. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be canvassing. It could be the thing that say you don't want to interact with too many people. Right. So you actually want to design stuff and for the people, right? <laughs> Do it, right? Right. The work <laughs> needs a, these yeah. graphic designers. Exactly. Right? We exactly. Need, we need, you know, we need, right. you know, if it could be the uh, um, someone else who has another skill set or another talent. You know, around technology. You know, because we need good people with values who will resource technology in a way that benefits 
movements and campaigns and protects campaigns from being, to borrow a word I use in, uh, um, that's used in another context, invaded <laughs> by people who have ill intent. And that's what's happening, you know, it's around we've seen with campaigns with with, um, you know, there's some stuff has been, you know, by Ellen, Ellen, people with ill intent or really trying to do negative things, whether it's not it's not just Russia. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the folks have ambitions. Yeah. And they will. Um, we don't live in it and the world doesn't exist in a vacuum. And when. um from a local level to a national level, I mean, a diminished U.S., for whatever it may mean, that's a possibility that is, that opens the door for another country that has other ambitions to have a different influence that may or may not Mm -hmm. be beneficial for the people there or the people here or the people in between. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So, like, people are actively trying to advocate for their, their wish and their outcome. And I think um, we can sometimes think that it's almost benign or we're encouraged. I was maybe better to say encouraged to think, Oh, well, uh, like people are just benignly kind of moving around and there's no, no, there's people that are moving through every circle with a very clear, like I have a mission of certain stuff I want to have happen. And the, the more, depending on where you're at with your own activity, you may not notice when someone's trying to push what you're doing in a way that benefits this other thing <laughs> over yeah. here. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and that's where it gets, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's high times. It's, a, it's an interesting time. And, but it's always been. Yeah, it always has been. But, but, I, but I think because we're, we have access now in ways that people didn't before. I would, just, I would be remiss if I, we didn't really talk about this before we come to a close. But uh, it, is, it, is a, it, is, it is what you said, high time. But we have access to news, technology, and um, awareness of what's going on in some communities in a way we didn't before and the we and that's always a plus and a way we yeah. use our advantage. An example of that is how so in Oregon is one of the most innovative, proactive voting systems in terms of trying to get everybody to vote. Basically people have people are, are registered, you know, at the driver's license level at this point now. Yeah. And so Oregon's innovative in that. Oregon could get away with it and some would say even legislator might have crammed it down <laughs> the other party's throat, um, which is a totally another discussion around what we mean around um, really engaging both parties on anything. But you know, it's, just, you know, it's another part, a really important part of this uh, discussion that we're not having yet. But the point I'm making is that everyone in a place like this, as we sit here in Oregon, might not necessarily know about voter suppression in places like Georgia. Mm-hmm. Be aware of what's happening in places that may not be the plate that might immediately affect you, but it might affect your cousin who lives there. Mm-hmm. Might affect your somebody else, or, or, or and um, and and people who are in Georgia should all be registering to vote, and should way before an election, and should be checking 
if their registration is is still in the system or not, and at, at incremental steps leading up to the election. Mm-hmm. I would even suggest every six, every three months, every six months checking in is your is your status still there? And I actually it runs counter to some people who don't want to be a part of the system identified. But no, you should have ID. <laughs> if you, and, if, and if and if and if there's and if and if you're someone who's elderly, there's still enough time <laughs> to go out and be able to get you know in terms of the next next year's election. Yeah, make sure you have ready. some sort of ID. You can have you can get ID, and 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 at this point and at a certain point, it doesn't take a lot to be able to get. But that's something that we need to shift in terms of our thinking about, you know, oh, people knowing who we are and that kind of thing. No, we need to engage on that. <laughs> yeah. Some of us have to be, I mean, for me, and this is speaking for myself, one of the things that I've accepted for my own role is that I, some of us have to be, even though we're not public, maybe not public figures in terms of like our role or our job, but we need to be public actors mm-hmm. in terms of the needs of our community. Every, maybe, maybe not everybody, but we got to have a critical mass that are like, no, I came, I'm at the meeting or I filed the paperwork. Yep. That's my name. Mm-hmm. I live at that house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. me. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it, it, it becomes a, I mean, also I live by the thing of like, what am I worried about? If they was coming to get me, they're coming to get me. Yeah. It, like if we really, if that's what we're worried yeah. about. Like yeah. if they're coming to get you, they're coming to get you. Yeah. Then you might as well get, get ready for it. Um, but that not being withstanding we have to be active in public we have to get engaged in public even part of this um podcast is is the hope to generate a, a conversation about how to be who we are in public in more ways than maybe the ways we feel comfortable showing up in public right and and having mm-hmm. people have to wrestle with however they feel about whatever it is you're doing when you're in public you know yeah um i think it's it's vitally important um, to our communities, and it's, it's, I think it's actually there's a lot you can learn about how you move in the world, and then how people are responding to you, and then you might be like, "Oh snap, I didn't realize that one." I didn't maybe I didn't know people cared that much. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I didn't realize I had that kind of impact. Like, That's why engaging is important, and not and not because you you learn those things through yeah. engagement, and, and it might. And some people are impacted by trauma and may not realize how some of their resistance for certain things are impacted by certain things yeah. and, and this helps like you said to, to awareness around you know okay that wasn't so bad or this is actually good or actually healthy this is good <laughs> people know you know I had a positive impact on this person and they saw um, my action inform them to do this such and such right. yeah right. well Damon I don't, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up because I don't want you to be late to where you, you got to get to next really um, appreciate you what I'd Thank like you to do for inviting me in a second time around. Oh, you're welcome, man. I got more. I got more. I'd like to um well, I'll probably offline I got I got something to pitch on, an idea, and maybe we can we can talk more regularly and okay. um, see what that looks like. Anything that you would like to share just as a closing before I let us go? As a closing point, um to um to quote Dave Chappelle in his last special, um I think that every um, common sense, moral-minded American, whether it was people of color or it was particular black people 
or or well-meaning whites need to go out and register for an armed weapon. Absolutely. That will change the dynamic of the gun debate overnight. Absolutely. <laughs> Damon, <laughs> Isaiah Turner, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you more, All sir. Right. Peace. This has been the Ask Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. Peace.